to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 13, Episode 4, titled RuPaul Mark Channel. This is very loud. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one fascinating fat man from the podcast pod. Is- <laughs> I don't write these scripts, by the way. That's a totally... Anyway, from the podcast... Don't! That's interesting! Well, okay. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Snap out of it! To Taylor... (laughs) The Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. Uh, So who does write the scripts? I don't want to say because... uh, You know this... So everyone here, we have a producer named Luke Stamen. I'm going to ask you a question, Taylor. I'm going to ask you a question. And I want you to be honest. I want you to be completely honest, all right? Okay. All right. In the four episodes, this is for episode four, so in the past three episodes, have I said anything shitty about Luke Stamen? Not that I can remember. No, not in fact, that, one time I, I said something nice about him. Remember when I talked about the looks and how he, he described mm-hmm. the looks? Yes. Yes. I, 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 I think, if anything, you, you've, you've been putting him on a pedestal of sorts. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then this is a guy who is my producer, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He goes into this Discord, and he goes, look at what my friend wrote. And it's some woman who goes like, sorry, Luke, I just can't listen to this show. Every time I hear Joe, he's a fucking bully. I want to fucking strangle him to death. How dare he say what he says about you? And I was like, what have I said? Why would he post this? Why would he post this? He's like, I can't listen anymore. The way he talks about you, I just want to fucking kill him and murder that motherfucker. And I was like, well, because I'm sure Luke has listened to the last four years worth of episodes and saved every time we've talked about them and edited them into one episode that he plays for his friends. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Did I, did I break up your flow there? No. <laughs> I feel like you're going to go on a rant. No. And I, no. Yeah. She called me a bully. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a fucking bully. Which is so <laughs> funny because I want to talk about this. To me, a bully is someone who uses their size or their strength or their popular, whatever, whatever power they may have to get something out of someone, right? Oh, I might bully you uh, a little bit. Yeah, I guess. that's the. I would say a bully is somebody who uses their strength or power or size to make another piece person feel bad. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> by the- <laughs> for those of you not in the current uh, Google Meet that we have, there was a little bit of panic on Joe's face. <laughs> All right, uh, this week the winning and losing queens reunite in the workroom for the Maxi Challenge. The queens asked to overact in the RuPaul Mark Channel original movies directed by Ross Matthews. On the runway, the category is Trains for Days. After Simone snatches the win, Denali and Kamora face off in a lip-sync battle for their lives. In the end, Denali skates by and Kamora is told to sashay away. Taylor Vellante Boy named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. I would say this was probably one of my favorite runways yeah. in a while. Oh, really? I, I thought just about everybody was very, very strong with the runway, with the exception of a couple of people. But uh, it was it was fun to watch all of the different looks and the different interpretations of what it means to have a train. Um, I I like this new Rue mm-hmm. in that she seems to be having more fun 
particularly with the with the um with the runway and the jokes and the laughing it seems like she's enjoying herself a little bit more than she was before and that is i feel like that makes the show more enjoyable to watch mm-hmm. um the thing that i did not like is i mean i uh, i just am not I, I, I'm just really kind of digging in as far as really not being a fan of a couple of these queens mm-hmm. and they're starting to get grading mm-hmm. on me, mm-hmm. particularly, uh, Candy and Tina. Uh, th- there's something about the two of them that I really like. Anytime they're on screen now, mm-hmm. I really, I really don't like them. Mm-hmm. So that would be, that would be my thing for the week. How about you? Well, I'm really angry. You took one of my things that I liked. I also agree that RuPaul is having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. RuPaul is having a lot of fun, and it's, it's it makes the show more fun. You know, when you see her life like, during the ta- now, my, look, it's, we're still early in the season, but so far it seems she's not going to the table visits where she tries to do that gotcha. Yeah, you know, uh, which I feel that there were there were examples this week where she could have, mm-hmm. and she didn't. You know. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, another thing that I liked is I have to, I don't know if I'm walking anything back. I have something negative to say about this queen later on. Not super negative. It's just like a criticism, but something to point out. But I'm late to the party on this one. Denali is very cute as a boy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I guess she definitely seemed cuter this week than she did in her first interview. She's not my. She's not necessarily my cup of tea, but she. I can Who see is, where she are there, is. Is anybody here? Well, you really like this Joey J. Do you still? Are you still holding to that? Oh yeah, no. Joey J. Joey J. Is very very cute, and I think Elliot with two T's is cute as a boy too. I think both of them are. Oh are, really? Are yeah. Even though the the nose is the weird little button nose type thing, there's something about Elliot that I think as a as a boy, I would I would be fine with making out with him. <laughs> oh really? That's interesting because I feel Elliot looks like an a, a much uglier version than Evan Ayers, our former co-host. Oh, no, I don't see that at all. I don't see that at all. And, and Elliot is not ugly. That's not nice to say that. So about somebody that I think is cute. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, though. And I've told this person to his face many times. I don't know what it is since leaving the show. I have been so thirsty for this Evan Ayers, which is something I never felt when he was part of Afterthought. Good. Thank God. Because I don't want to sexually harass anybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but since leaving Afterthought, I don't know why I'm so fucking thirsty for Evan. I don't know what it is. Anyway. The thing I didn't like about the episode is... Um, you know, to be honest with, I mean, I could go with some little things I'm saying here and there, like the writing on these skits is atrocious and blah, 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 but it's nothing to do with the queens or anything like that. I don't, they're really, and so far the queens in a negative and positive way haven't really done anything to stand out positively to me, nor negatively. I think, I, and this is something that I feel could have potentially been a, um, something that I did not like is I feel like we're already seeing the winner of the season. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like this Simone is amazing. And I mean, I just, there's something about her that is, she definitely has that magnetic personality Mm -hmm. and similar to, 
you know, a Bob, the drag queen, where it was kind of felt like it was done before anybody else walked in. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, she's she's some. I, I feel like right now she's she's clearly the front runner, mm-hmm. and she's fun to watch. However, there seemed to be a little bit of cockiness there that I'm wondering if that's going to eventually trip her up. But it, it, there is something about this that I I just kind of feel like oh well we all, we almost sort of already know who's going to win. Hold on for a second. I want to call you out on something. Okay. Taylor didn't mention this in the show. Someone wrote in the Discord that there's Joey J nudes. And Taylor wrote, <laughs> link please, right? Let me tell you guys something. And another Patreon plug here. We have a Discord server. And on there, there is a porn decor lounge. Where that's where all the porn goes in the porn decor lounge. Yes. I believe it's already been posted there in the porn decor lounge. Oh, has I saw Rosé's, which I was like, well, hello. Oh, by the but. way, thank you to the many, 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 many listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, who sent me nudes of that UK pit crew bot, the Brit crew bot guy. Oh, uh-huh. I just think he's so everything. He's still, I just think he's so cute. Um, All right. Uh, the winning queens are in the workroom waiting to be joined by the pork chop loading dock. Uh, Elliot hides behind a partition and surprises the queens who think they sent Elliot home. A somewhat tense standoff occurs, but when they all kiki, then, I'm sorry, but then they all kiki and nothing comes of it. Your thoughts on this uh, opening segment here, Taylor? This act one, if you will. I, I guess I, they've done this before where half the girls walk in and there is sort of the, um, there, there is, there is the 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 sizing each other up and stuff. And mm-hmm. I thought that particularly the way that Tina was doing it was so not fun. I mean, I feel like in season six we saw where they all walked in and immediately like there was the quick second where they did that, and then they all kind of hey, how's it going? And like you know, introduced themselves to each other, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh-huh. I remember they did it. The thing that I remember about last year when they did it was there was a way that they that particularly Gigi somebody asked Gigi what are you good at and her response was name something mm-hmm. and i just remember that being that was a very quick clever way to do that mm-hmm. um this with Tina Burner immediately calling them the B squad and then where they edit they show the picture where she's yawning when one of them's talking and stuff i just there's something about that that was just like you're trying too hard. Mm-hmm. You're trying too hard to put other people down so that you mm-hmm. will feel better about mm-hmm. yourself. Um, yeah, bully. On- yeah, yeah. Um, added on to that, the moment where Elliot came out, mm-hmm. I thought she kind of had an opportunity to do something and she didn't. Um, and I thought that, the- I thought that Tamisha <laughs> like kind of really sort of <laughs> knocked her down really fast where she said, well, why didn't you stand? Because no one voted for me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was, was that was again, very smart, very fast, but it, if she was trying to get people to really kind of like her, I thought Elliot had an opportunity and she missed it. She missed the mark as far as coming out and doing that comment that she did of, you know, we have lots to talk about. No, we don't. Yeah. Everybody had to take a vote and you got voted on. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. It could have just as easily been anybody else, but they all voted for you. Here's the deal. I'm not going to go for Elliot with two T's as much as you did, who you supposedly love. Is, um, one, why was that random partition there? So to me, I see that partition in the background. I'm like, Chekhov's gun. 
I'm like producer driven where they tell Elliot with two T's and they tell the girls, listen, why don't we have Elliot hide behind the partition before oh, the girls walk in? Clearly, you should go hide behind. That yeah. was clearly. Yeah. Oh, why don't you go hide behind that partition that now just suddenly appeared in the workroom, you know, right when in, right. within camera view, you know, then she hides behind the partition. Then they come in because here's the thing. Why would Elliot be angry with the girl? I mean, Elliot must have understood on some level that, I mean, they talked about it in the Porkchop Lounge, that they were in a really shitty position, that they had no idea who to choose. You know, they didn't know anybody. And it came down between Utica and Elliot, okay? And then they were like, okay, well, they. I mean, it it wasn't like, there was no malice. They didn't even know each other. And, you know, yeah, yeah. But, but Elliot even makes the point, which actually gives them the cover. He's like, I was the last one in. And they might be like, well, that's probably why you went home. You were the last one in. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Last one in and Kamora and Denali knew each other. So she had a, she had an in with her. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense. So if you understand that, I get where, you know, you may be uh, some wounded feelings. But ultimately, calm down. Other than the fact that, I mean, a lot of the things that these girls do – they want to make for good TV and they want there to be some level of drama, mm-hmm. you know, because then of course they show them all five seconds later. We're like season 13 and they're all doing that. We're like, you know, Elliot and Tamisha are doing the whole like, Hey, kind of thing with their hands. Yeah. It's like, weren't you just fighting 14 seconds ago? Yeah. But I, yeah. it's, you know, but it, no, it, the whole thing just felt very contrived. Here's my question to you. If it happened, why didn't they show the fact that Lala Ri is Tamisha Iman's drag daughter? Why wasn't there acknowledgement? Yeah, it's weird, but they're not mentioning this. I I don't get that either. I was expecting there to be something there, other than unless it was revealed, because they all kind of seemed to know who was on the other side. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was revealed and it was just missed by the cameras. I I don't know. I don't know. It was very 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 strange. Um, now another thing that happens there is. At one point, and I can't remember who says this, they they call the B squad. They're like, oh, the B squad is spicy. And I'm like, going with what you said, they walk in and the girls are just sitting there attacking them. And like, and then they fight back and they're like, they're spicy. And you're like, yeah, what? Um, not to get political, stupid. not to get political, but it's kind of like these Republicans right now who are like, uh, we want to make crazy, crazy demands. And the Democrats go, no. And they're like, I thought you were talking about unity. Where's the unity? And you're like, right. yeah, no, you're not in power anymore. Go fuck yourself. Anyway, right. unity doesn't mean we have to do your way. Sorry, this is not a political yeah, show. It doesn't mean acquiesce everything and, yeah. and just you have to sit now. Yeah, I don't know. It's not, this is not a political show. Sorry, Taylor. I know you wanted to turn it into a word, but it's not. <laughs> All right, in the workroom, both groups of queens enter United for the first time. Candy Muse makes it known that she has her eyes set on Joey J, chasing her around the table just before RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's Maxi Challenge, a RuPaul Mark Channel acting challenge. RuPaul then sorts off the queens into teams. One is a, 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 a movie called Misery Loves Company. That has Denali, Elliot with two T's, Kamora Hall, and Olivia Lux. B is God Loves Flags. That's with La La Ree. Uh, Rose, Simone, and Utica. 
And finally, we have April Fools rush in with Gottmik, Joey J, Candy Muse, Tamisha Iman, and Tina Burner. Uh, once the teams are assigned, the queens look over their scripts and choose their roles. Denali frets over the number of lines she has. Candy grabs a roll of whoopee cushion, not giving the other queens a chance to take it. And Lala doesn't know what flag day was a real holiday. And Rose feels the pressure to match Tina's acting abilities. Your thoughts on everything that happened between walking in and RuPaul walking in, Taylor? Um, I don't necessarily remember a lot about before Rue walked in mm-hmm. and announced the channel. I think the idea of this, the Rue part, RuPaul Mark channel yeah. is a cute idea. It's sort of, it's sort of timely with, we just got through all of the stupid Christmas movies that were on the Hallmark channel. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole idea of candy it shouldn't come as a surprise to know when the candy just announces who she's going to be and then just starts highlighting things i thought that was sort of yeah. a gross move on her part yes but but we're not big candy muse fans here at drag race recap no. she hasn't she hasn't shown us any sort of any sort of behavior that would make her be a lot of these girls i would want to spend time with i would want to i would want to at least you know if you said to me you know Hey, my friend, um, Lala Ree and I are going to meet for coffee. Do you want to come? I would say, yeah, I'll meet you for a cup of coffee someplace and sit and have, want to have a conversation with them. Candy Muse is not somebody that I'd want to be around. No, 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 no. So I figure when you've got that behavior, that's just to me was just kind of gross. Um, the moment about the, the moment with, Tina Burner kind of act like sort of acting very loudly and doing that. That that again feels like I'm going to make sure that everybody hears me and everybody sees me because of the amazing powerhouse that I am. Again, we haven't seen anything that kind of blows my socks off there. Um, uh, Rue coming in, Rue coming in and doing the, doing the, the walkthroughs I thought was, was fun. Like you were talking about before. We're not there yet. So I'm not going to talk about that. What do you think about the other things? Candy Muse, first of all, chasing Joey J around. As much as I want to criticize uh, Candy Muse, I'm sure that's what most people think happens with me and Aiden all the time. Because <laughs> I'm like, look at that little snack right there. I'm going to chase around the table. Oh, here I go. And then Aiden's like, oh, help, you know. <laughs> catch me, catch me. Yeah, catch me, catch me. <laughs> you know, and like then, you know, jumps and clicks his heels together as he runs away. Um, Taylor, why do you keep moving your camera up, up, and up? I'm going to see the goddamn Joey J naked pictures on my Mac, and I'm having problems with Safari, and I'm trying to move things so that I can try to move things around. But I'm talking to you on my desk, on my laptop, so I have to keep moving the screen so I can see what's happening with the Mac. I can't see any of the Joey J pictures. It's bothering me, but I want to see Joey J peen. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to that. During the Thank table you. visit, during, <laughs> during the table visits, RuPaul talks to team God Loves Fags and RuPaul, star of, <laughs> star of AJ and the Queen, explains method acting. Next. <laughs> I picked up on that. I was, I knew when she did that, I'm like, there's going to be an AJ and the Queen joke <laughs> talking about this. So. Yes. <laughs> Next. Netflix gives a second season order to any sh- – if you piss on Netflix – this is a show called Joe Peen Against the Wall. Netflix will be like season two, right? A three-season order. There's a three-season order. Yeah. Right Everything. After the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. 
RuPaul doesn't even get a season two. Doesn't even get a season two. AJ and the Queen. <laughs> anyway, uh, next when Ru. <laughs> Still thinking about AJ and the Queen. All that time I wasted watching that show. Uh, Next, when Rue asks Utica if she's ever smoked weed, uh, Utica's reaction makes RuPaul scream laugh. The next group is Team April Fools rush in. Point Rue points out Candy's short shorts, corners Tamisha about her share knowledge, and questions Got Mick about remembering her lines. Taylor, do you have any thoughts about the table visits? <laughs> I do. Um, I thought the moment with Utica was funny. Uh, I don't think it was quite as funny as Rue was making it seem. I mean, that seemed a little forced as far as the laughing, mm-hmm. but I thought that it it showed a little bit more. I didn't get Utica and Meet the Queens, and I didn't get Utica on her first episode. I mm-hmm. feel like there is... I'm seeing similarities to to Crystal from last season. Really? Where, I don't see that. Go, go ahead. Yeah, Not necessarily in makeup style, but as far as where the quirky, kind of weird... Um, off-center, off-center queen that's kind of silly and, and doesn't realize how funny she is or doesn't realize how goofy she is. And um, and that seems to be something Rue is enjoying. So I, 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 I'm, I'm really starting to enjoy Utica more than I expected to in the beginning of the season. So I'm, I'm, I'm liking her. What about you? Uh, well, in terms of Utica, she's exactly what I thought she would be. One, two, someone wrote in the Discord, and I, I don't want to, I think I know who it is, but I don't want to say it the wrong, cause then if you say, if I say the wrong name, oh my god, and all this is like, I don't know if this person said it, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I guess Bob and Monet on their show said that Utica was like Thorgy without like the jadedness that from living in New York. Like if Thorgy had never lived in New York and got jaded, that uh, that's Utica. Okay, yeah, I could, say, yeah, I mean, there is definitely some, but I think there's there is a physical similar. I mean, they both have sort of the long faces, and they're both kind of lanky, lanky queens. So, I I I don't know. I I guess yeah, but I mean, I I definitely see a little bit of crystal method in there too. Um, what a weird thing for Tamisha to say that she was a big Cher fan and then know nothing about Cher. <laughs> Can you name five share songs other than Believe? Okay. I, I, yeah, when, when I heard that, I'm like, I feel like we had had this conversation with Evan or you had, had this conversation with Evan back with the whole That's Amore debacle of three years ago. So name me, five share songs okay. without Believe. Other Dark than Lady. Mm-hmm. Wait, do Sunny and Cher count? Sure. Okay. Then I got You, Babe. Gypsies, mm-hmm. Tramps, and Thieves. Okay. Oh, what's that disco one called? But it was it was a song of the show, but um, right. I I I, I want to name five songs, and I'm going to not name the ones that you. Oh, named. really? Yeah. Um, so yeah, why are, that's that's one that's one. Bang I'll, bang. I'll, I'll give it. Okay, and that's Amore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so take me home. Yes, that's the name of the song. Take you're me right. home. Um. Just like Jesse James. Okay. Uh, Half Breed. Oh, that's right. That's a big one. Yeah. If I Could Turn Back Time. Oh, that's right. That's a, that's a big one, too. Yeah. And After All. Oh, that's right. One she does with Peter Cetera. Yeah, that's a great one, too. Yeah. Oh. 
Also, the Shoop song. <laughs> the Shoop song, yes. That's a great. That's a great song. That, that's a great song that didn't get nearly as much love as it should have. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you know, on that note, Taylor, why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we're going to get right into the maxi challenge shoot. And uh, we'll also give you a chance to uh, take a look at Joey J's nudes. We'll be back right after this. I'm looking at it right now. Wow. <laughs> I actually got excited that you were going to do it. I do it every week. What are you talking about? I know, but this has become like this has become one of my new favorite things. <laughs> I don't know why. Because you've done it for years, but there's years. I just enjoy. Yeah. I enjoy you. I'm Thank sorry. You. I enjoy you. I will I will make sure that doesn't happen again. No, you can do that. By the way, a couple of announcements here. One, uh on Patreon. You or we know if you're on Patreon, you're going to get this. But if you're not on Patreon, uh, you just missed a fascinating half hour. Taylor and I talked about, you know, he got a couple of dogs and then uh, what happened to those dogs. We talked about uh, the Muppet movie. We mm-hmm. talked about the, the the inauguration. We talked about uh, somebody who's afraid to tell his mom he was in the gay choir. Uh, we talked about we a bunch of different really. That was a really good episode, just between us girls. They're all good, but that yeah. one was particularly like uh, very like it was very relaxed. Very it was yeah. very relaxed. Yeah, very relaxed, casual conversation between two friends, and um, you know, uh, but not only that, Taylor. Uh, so by the way, just F- Patreon plug. Let's get it out of the way. If you want to hear this and more, go go to patreon.com slash afterthought media and join Patreon. Oh, you know what? That just reminds me of something. I have a message for one listener in particular. One listener in particular. It's Kieran Clern Keeks. Clern Keeks. Yeah, Kieran Clern Keeks. Please contact me at jobatance at afterthought.media. Which come up to KKK, but okay. Uh, contact me <laughs> at, af- at jobatans at afterthought.media and we will fix the problem, Karen. Let's fix that problem for you. Anyway, someone put in one of our re- reviews, and we'll get to the iTunes reviews in a second. Someone put in the iTunes reviews, don't sign up for his Patreon. I signed up and there was no new content ever. A, there is a weird thing where Acast, which is the service that Patreon uses to deliver the podcast sometimes, um, where Acast won't update content. And there's a very easy solution. You have to email me or just go to Discord, leave a message somewhere. You have to somehow contact us and tell us and we'll fix the problem. But we're, as okay. you know, Taylor, we're always putting out new content. So if you oh, were, God, if yeah. you were, no. if, yeah, yeah, if you were ever a Patreon supporter and you're like, I stopped getting content, I'm going to quit. There was a mistake. We needed to fix that. We needed to get Patreon involved and all these people and uh, do that. Now, here's the deal. On the update, let me actually look at the update for today for where we are in the um, Discord and in the releasing the information. Remember, we need to get to 500 reviews to get that. Right now, we are at – oh, we're right at 400, okay? So we need 100 more. We need 100 more reviews. Now, guys, here's what I learned in the past week. It's easier than you think to leave a review. You just, you know, there's no link. There's nothing. You literally open up your Apple Podcast app, scroll Mm -hmm. down to the show. No, find the Mm -hmm. show, scroll down to the bottom, and it says leave a review. And all you do, you don't have to to write anything or type anything. You just hit the five stars. 
boom, it takes half a second, blink of an eye, it's done. And I'm going to sweeten the pot, Taylor, and I don't even think you know this. Oh, okay. Yeah, sweeten the pot. If we get to that, when we get to that 500, not only will I release the episode where I give the information, okay, a former contestant who went very far, okay, has contacted me. She's coming on the show. What? She's coming on the rumor mill. Okay. And uh, I will release that episode as well. Text me. Text you what? Text me who it is. Have you left five stars? Not yet. Oh, I will oh, after okay. you text me the name of the person. <laughs> so uh, I need to see if it's worth my five stars. If the name of the person is worth my five stars. Well, anyway, uh, she's coming on the show. <laughs> and so if you want to hear them on the feed, you got to go scroll. You got to do is open up your podcast app, scroll, find the show, scroll down to the bottom, hit the five stars. It's super easy. Okay. Anyway. Okay. In fact, for people listening live right now, go do it right now. Anyway, I got to text Taylor right now during the show. I think I have left a five star. Okay, whatever. Let me tell you this, though. I, I forgot to mention something. I have these notes here. And then I forget to mention these notes. Uh, in that workroom thing, um, when Denali, and I, I, I wanted to say this about Denali, she's cute, right? Mm-hmm. She has some type A issues that I think in, the, in a way that will come back to bite her in the ass. Like a little type. Oh, of, yeah. I, I definitely yes. She says something in Untucked that oh, I really? thought that would come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah, she's like, I need. Yeah. I need well, we saw it last week when she was like, uh, "I'm the choreographer." With, I mean, we don't have a lot of time. I'm like, who, who, who gave her that title? And then she was like, "I'm yeah. going to be the biggest role, and I'm going to do this." But there's a lot of lines. I'm going to be like, "Okay, bitch, calm down." <laughs> and like, even we'll get to it with the lip sync too. Like, little. I mean. Clearly one, but it was like, bitch, slow down. Don't use all your tricks. Well, uh, did you watch Untucked? No. She says that. <gasps> she says that where she says at one point, she goes, I'm going to use every, she goes, I had stuff that I was going to save if I needed it later on. I'm putting everything out there right now. And I'd like, that's going to bite you in the ass. Similar to when other queens have had to lip sync a second time and used all the same, that's, that sends them home because we've already seen this. Yeah. She's shown everything. It was an amazing lip sync, but she's shown us everything that she can do. Yeah. She, she went like, you didn't, she didn't need to go that hard to, kill. I mean, if you saw Kamara barely tried. Yeah. Um, Elliot's voice is a lot. Whoever said that. that I mean, her, her, like, it's just like. That's Kamora said that. Oh, okay. That her voice was grating. Uh, and then I've said everything else so much. Afar. Okay, let's go to this uh, Maxi Challenge shoot here. The Queens join Ross Matthews for the shoot of the RuPaul Mark movie shoots. The first one is Team April Fool's Rush In. Uh, one of the things we learned there is Ross is a fan of Got Mixed Performance. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Ross pushes Tamisha to be more absurd with her share. Whoa, right? That was more. <laughs> that was more like a Joey from Blossom. Whoa, there. Whoa, yeah. Uh, Joey struggles with which camera to look at, and Candy pulls big laughs from Ross. What were your thoughts on this April Fool's Russian segment? The thing that I remember most about it was the was the the share, <laughs> the whoa whoa you know sort of thing yeah. that she really did as ridiculous as that was, and watching her do that felt a little 
cringy, mm-hmm. they made it work in a way that it ended up really kind of it, it highlighted her in a wonderful, wonderful way. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. Let's see. So I remember Joey struggling. Um, as far as you know, look look at the, where she says. So she's saying. So Ross is saying, look at the camera, but don't look at the camera. But make sure you say this, but enunciate your lines. And well, that's acting. That's that's what they have to do. And and you're being given direction. So that you know that that, that kind of makes me feel that as much as I enjoy Joey and enjoyed looking at Joey's penis during the break, I feel like we're not going to see Joey very long. I feel Joey's not long for this season because of that. Um, who else was in that? That was that was Denali, right? Wasn't that Denali? No. No, 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 no. No. Uh, the next one is Team God Loves Flags. Simone is praised to the surprise of Rose. Oh, see, you have to put in Rose. Uh, I meant Rose. I'm like, who the fuck is Rose? Right? By the way, happy 99th birthday to Betty White. We missed that. Yeah. Uh, Simone is praised to the surprise of Rose. Rose almost... Last week, I went into find and replace... I forgot to do mm-hmm. that this week. Rosé almost causes Simone to laugh and break character, and Utica and Lala struggle to get through their scene. Uh, your your thoughts on God Loves Flags? Uh, it's not, you know, to be honest with you, and we're going to get to, it's the Misery Loves Company is where we have the most notes. Uh, for the most part, I'll have more to say when we actually watch them. Yeah, but I, I can see where you're struggling. It's not... I mean, he, for the most part, Ross is, Ross, and by the way, as a human being, I appreciate this. As a person who recaps shows, I'm like, ugh, Ross. But like, as a human being, like, he's so, (laughs) he's so good with them. Does that make sense? So he's not pulling this Michelle, like, one arched eyebrow shit because they, they, they stumbled on a word or something like that. Mm Um, he's actually pretty understanding. So as a result, from a television perspective, there's not much to say, you know, right. until, until we get to Misery Loves Company, where Denali constantly trips over her lines. Uh, mm-hmm. Kamora puts on a, a bodysuit, uh, or puts on full body with like boobs and everything, despite being <laughs> in a green screen suit. Which is, which is kind of adorable. It's adorable. <laughs> it's kind of, it is a cute. You know what? I don't think it's a bad move to make. We'll come back to that in a second. And then Kamora struggled with emphasizing the correct syllables. Um, your thoughts on this whole Misery Loves Company uh, filming sit bit? That was painful to watch. It was. That was painful to watch, that she was so in her head that even when you even when you have Ross saying, say it like this, mm-hmm. and, and say it with the same lilt and cadence that she couldn't seem to wrap her brain around it. Yeah. Was, you kind of knew at that point, well, we know who's going to be in the bottom two, unless they could really pull it out. And even then, when he said, we did it a hundred times, and that was the best take. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just that's just not good. That 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 is the epitome of somebody really truly in their head. Can you do it right now? Do the line right now. The line is, "I what is rooting for us? We, no. I was rooting for us. Yeah, I was rooting, I was rooting for us. Yeah. See, I want to do it like she did it. Like that's yeah. that's all you know. I was rooting for us. No, no, you're right. That's how you did it. That's right. right. You did it right. I was rooting for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which uh, I've they, also seen that Pyra Banks video about a million times. So I, what I that, love, that, yeah, I I saw it first run, and I remember thinking like she's a crazy bitch. 
you know. Oh, Tyra Banks? Yeah. Tyra Banks is cuckoo crazy bird. Yeah, well, that is – she is – insane you know what's so funny is now she's apologized for that moment and this uh the the queen that you're trying to emulate wrote that book where he talks shit on her what what's it wasn't his name was jay right oh jay manuel yeah, jay manuel <laughs> am i the jay manuel, the of jay manuel with your you gray hair, hair. Like that, right? here's not metallic though <laughs> yeah um but who was that little fat queen a little fat Latinx queen that was next to her. Because during that speech, I wonder if, if she said anything. During that speech, she said she says in the background, "She's right." To Tyra, but like, she she like does like she like uh, Tyra's like um, hype man. I don't know who she. I don't know if she's spoken out about it. Yeah, when 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 Tyra uh, does Jay? no 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 no. There used to be this fat little Latin like fashion guy, and he chimes in. He hypes with her on that I speech. I don't remember that. No. Can someone put that in Discord so I can prove Taylor wrong and laugh and dance? It's uh, not a question of proving me wrong. I just don't remember it. Little Delicious says Noel Marin? No, no, no. That was the British guy, wasn't it? Who I thought was so hot. No, the, the British guy was uh, Nigel. Oh. Nigel, N- Nigel something. The one that was the photographer? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Nigel Barker. Oh, okay. So Nole Marin? Maybe that was who it is. Nole Marin? Yeah, okay. Anyway, he, he says in the background, he goes, she's right. And I was like, fuck that guy. Yeah. It's Tyra Banks, crazy person. She is crazy. Oh, I would go on rants like nobody's business in those first early seasons. <laughs> anyway. well, but she seemed to keep ratching it up and ratching it up the crazy mm-hmm. where, I mean, she took a business course. At, I remember she took a business course at Harvard and she managed to bring up the fact that she goes, you know, I'm a Harvard graduate. She used to say that in like later seasons. Like, no, you took a business course. Oh, Calm really? Down. Yeah. She would say shit like that where it's, she's, she's, she's just person. sort of. He's a crazy person. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the, the, the Kamara was a mess. Oh, what I was going to say about the drag body underneath is, it's a, it even though it came off as cute and weird, it's a safe bet to take because then later, um, Michelle would say, even though they're different this season, though, I could see, like, why are you in boy clothes? This is a drag show. You know, you have to right. always be, you know, and it's like, okay, okay, calm down, Michelle. Even though she... I will say she's not like that this season. It seems like the schlock of gray hair uh, has made her a calmer person. You know, it seems like it's Much a concerted like it's, schlock yeah. of gray hair. Yeah, person. It seems like it's a concerted effort this season to be nicer. They're not as. Should we do that with a season where we're just nice? No, because I think there are times that they that the girls deserve to be read, but I. I, you know that that's not what people necessarily come here for. I don't want to be vicious about about any of these girls. I'd, I'd, I'd it's easier, I think, for us to be vicious about Rue and Michelle. Which but is funny because I, I think it, because the girls, you know, the the girls kind of know what they're signing off for, but as they all say, they don't really know. Mm-hmm. And you've got Rue in particular. You know, she's the one pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. So I think if that's something where she's particularly mean or manipulative, I think that we can totally go off on her. You yeah, know, yeah, I get yeah, that yeah. you like going off on Candy Muse, but yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, my that because they're nice this season, I was going to reveal my new drag character name, Vivicious, where <laughs> you know, like, and I was, was going to open this season with Mother House of Lords. I, was, I almost snapped a fan there, but I didn't. I don't have a fan of me. Mother, oh, Mother House of Lords. 
Oh, God. It's that horrible. Anyway. Uh, it's Elimination Day, and Candy fusses with her train look while Tina and Got Mick help her. The three of them talk about how they've bonded. Simone reveals that her first time in drag was at her senior prom, and also Tamisha reveals to the winning queens for the first time that she has... Th- I'm going to call them the A-Squad. Reveals to the A-Squad for the first time that she has three biological kids from the ages of 32 to 35, two of them twins. Tamisha also tells the others that her name is also the name of her eldest daughter. A lot to talk about here, actually. Got Mick, when describing this group, says, oh, we're the Shady Queens, right? Or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I was surprised to see Got Mick describe herself that way. Okay? Yeah. Because we haven't seen that. And I'm wondering, it's one of two things. Either she's one of the people who thinks she's shady and she really isn't. It's option mm-hmm. A. Or she is, and they're hiding that from us. Because they're trying to build her as, you know, Santa Mick, you know, where yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could they they don't want because you know, as we've seen mm-hmm. in times past, if somebody is getting negative, you know, they're ta- they you know, the, the ultimately the producers are taking what they're given mm-hmm. and working with that to help form a narrative. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that they want after people years, people saying you need trans representation on the show is to portray the trans contestant as a villain. Mm-hmm. You're right. Is that that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. That's that's what you yeah. like, they, they, they don't want that to be where he's. Yeah, I, I that's a very that's a very interesting observation on your part i don't think we're gonna see that i don't think we're gonna see that i bet you she's a shady ass queen and we'll hear about it haha at the reunion like oh kiki we did not see it but you guys didn't see it but god make it one shady ass queen right and then they'll probably yeah. show it then in a, a clip package that's that's done yeah. with like happy music about how shady she is right yeah, yeah, that yeah. sort of yeah, like, <laughs> how funny she is, and then they come back and like, oh, got Mick, but they're not going to show her as a shady queen because she's because uh, she uh, got Mick as a trailblazer, and so they want to per- they want to portray got Mick in the most positive light possibly. Um, yeah, I my thought was that is not a wagon you want to hitch yours to mm-hmm. with the two of them. I I just kid, I I I, I reminded me in some ways of. Alaska talks where you felt Alaska at one point going, Oh, this might not be, you know, as much as I like these girls, this isn't necessarily something that I want to be a part of as far as the mean girls club. Yeah. So I was hoping that maybe that would be, there, there would be a separation at some point. Do you think, uh, to go on the flip side here, cause I want to look at things on different sides here is, do you think perhaps that there is a, kinder side to um candy muse that we're not seeing i mean everybody is is a fully formed person so i guess she she is (laughs) a well-rounded individual yeah yeah the form by the way is globe yeah i got the (laughs) well-rounded part all right i was waiting for the waiting for the okay um and that may be where they are showing the arc, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I mean, she came in so strong with that personality mm-hmm. that they're really, to me, there isn't any place else to go but up. 
you know, we kind of see though where in Untucked she starts shit with Elliot, mm-hmm. kind of out of nowhere. Where you know, my husband was saying, "Why is she doing? It doesn't make any sense why she suddenly is saying to Elliot, well, you should have, you should have been in the bottom.'" Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so this might be where maybe she's not <laughs> a nice person, and maybe this is who she is. I mean, they've talked; she's talked about the fact that she has a beef with Aja and Mm -hmm. that there is this level of superiority that she feels as though that she's has that we haven't necessarily seen yet, but they also keep talking about like on the runway and stuff, they're kind of tearing down her looks and everything that's going along with this. So at some point she's going to break. Candy. I I can't imagine her not candy is going to break at some point. And I, you know, that'd be where, you know, maybe that's where we start to see the turn and she starts to listen to critiques and she starts to listen to things and become somebody that we truly grow to love or at the very least like. I don't mm-hmm. like her at this point. She's not a likable person on the show. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, you know, I, I try not to follow this season. I'm trying not to follow read it as much i don't want to cloud my opinion in any kind of way so i don't know what the general like uh zeitgeist feels about candy muse i don't know her place in the zeitgeist i don't know is she well loved is she is she hated is she are people indifferent towards her is she controversial and that there's a lot of people who love her and a lot of people i don't know i have no idea and i don't know that i want to know um uh yeah so let's move on let oh you know Taylor oh no no let's talk about uh, uh Simone's first time in drag at the prom what were your thoughts on that point that was a great story it was that was a great story that they could have played up for you know for for the heartache kind of mm-hmm. thing and the fact that it ended with the assistant principal seeing her and saying go on and have a good time kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah. just sort of shows the transition of you know queens in their twenties. For seasons one, two, and three, that mm-hmm. story would have ended with, and I was thrown out, or I got beat up after the prom, or some horrible thing like that. But now mm-hmm. we've seen that the show has been on long enough to where a story like that ends with, it was my first time in drag. I felt confident. I felt amazing. It was the beginning of the, you know, th- this part of my life mm-hmm. it was, was, it was nice to have a story like that mm-hmm. as for the, for the, the makeup moments or the mirror moments. So I thought I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was a fantastic story. That was a really, really great story. Very heartwarming. And again, once again, it's weird. And it's something I'm really learning this season because you're seeing such a contrast with it. Whereas there are certain people, uh, I, I, I don't want to name them because I'm not sure yet, but so far seem like they're trying to produce their own storylines, which I think yeah. is a thing where or like someone like Simone, who seem and Tamisha is another good example too, where they don't feel like they're trying to produce their own storylines. They're just letting things happen and and thus seem much more authentic. And yeah. and the things that they say seem so more organic. So like in other words, we often criticize that mirror moments feel often lately very contrived. But this one felt mm-hmm. very authentic and organic. And, and I think because it came from an authentic place. It didn't feel like – and even if it was, she pulled it off where it didn't feel like, okay, now's the time where I squeeze in the story about my prom. Yeah. You know? Or, Simone, yeah. why do you have your prom picture on your mirror? Oh, this? <laughs> You're like, oh, this God. whole thing? Yeah, this p- random picture of my prom? It's for this reason. Uh, Tanisha. I- I think authentic is a great, speaking on Tamisha, 
is a great word to use because to Misha at this point, it feels like she's got nothing to prove mm-hmm. at this point. She's, yeah. she's doing this because she wants to do it, but this isn't about her overproducing herself or trying to come up with it. She's, she's kind of going into this, like, let's see how far I go. Let's see what, you know, this does for me career wise. And we're not seeing that manipulation just yet. Mm-hmm. And it's, so that's why she's fun to watch. Okay. So let's talk about Tamisha's age again. <laughs> I thought of this too last night. On Meet the Queens, she says she's early 40s. I don't remember what n- the number is, but like 42 or 43. Mm-hmm. Then, um, the, ne- the on her episode, I think it's episode three, she says she's 49, which you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say an age this time, but saying that she has two, she has a set of twins who are 35, not that it's impossible physically, but we're cutting it really close to the level of believability that she, um, she might be a few years, maybe a couple of years older than she says she is. Like, look, you can certainly father someone at 14. No, that means they were born mm-hmm. when she was 14. I mean, so somewhere between 13 and 14, she fathered a child. Totally plausible. Right? Totally plausible. But also totally plausible, she's still shaving a couple of years off and doesn't want to use the f- the 50 or 51. <laughs> 48. So, 40, so, yeah, so she's 49, you know, but maybe she's actually 50, 51. Yeah. And that would seem yeah. more believable. Um, cause 13 and 14 is scandalously young to be a father. And she said, I had them in high school. Yeah. So, I mean, that, but that does make sense if maybe we're in our early, which is, you know what? God bless her. So that would yeah. be awesome. Yeah. And also she says she's been 30, doing it for 30 years. So like that would make a little bit more sense, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. so, all right. Well, here we go. Let's go right. That would actually, no, you know what? Hold on for a second. Hold on. I was just thinking. She said that she was like in college. She was like 19 or something or college when she went the first time to, to a, a gay, gay bar. bar. Right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's some. We're going to later find out she's 86. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which if that's the case, if she looks like that at 86, yeah. give her the crown right now. Yeah, because seriously. God bless her. All right. Here we go. Now it's time for the looks. All right. Woo-hoo. Taylor, we're going to look take a look at the looks now. Now, usually, you know, you're the big looks person, and it's mm. always going to be the uh, thing. But uh, first up, we have Denali. What I'm saying is I'm not going to be saying that much about the looks. I might come. I mean, let me do it. Well, I liked it. Or I didn't like it. In fact, you will give my reviews right now. <clears throat> I like them all. All right. Okay. I only had one or two that I didn't like. Um... Denali came out in a tropical bird, almost like a parrot type outfit that was all mm-hmm. covered in ostrich feathers, mm-hmm. bright greens and blues mm-hmm. with red highlights. She had amazing, almost like a faux hawk, uh, hair that also had blues and reds in it was looked absolutely beautiful. I loved her makeup with all of the little word, almost like mini feathers that she had drawn on for her, um, eyeshadow. Just a great, great look. Uh, Olivia Lux. I liked it. Oh, you said you liked all of them. Okay, I sorry, all of them. You don't have to go to okay. me. I like them. You know what? If there is one where I'm like, I have something to say, I'll say it, but I promise you it'll be less than 10 words. Okay. Olivia Lux came out in an outfit that looked very Baroque, Beethoven, um, Mozart-inspired, holding it looks like a harp. Um, I thought this look was great. The one critique I have is I get what she was trying to do with the hair. 
I think a wig that felt more of that time or that more of that period would have completely sent this look over the top, but it was a great look. Um, Elliot with two T's came out in a white lacy bodysuit with a um, tool backing that had a train. Uh, I talked last season about Jaden Dior Fierce coming out when she did the purple look looking very Sheila E. This to me looked very Sheila E. Romance 1600, A Love Bazaar. Um, I thought she looked great. I thought the hair looked great. It goes very much of the 80s theme that she seems to like. So, Kamora Hall. Oh, my God. This look was incredible. She Mm -hmm. came out in a gold dragon-inspired outfit with amazing hair and a fan. A long uh, train down the back that looked like dragon scales. Um, My husband, who who loves dragons, um, was just crazy for this look and just I she just looked absolutely exquisite in this so Simone came out with her train being attached to a do-rag wearing a uh I would say it's probably like a mint green and peach ensemble this was super clever uh I love the idea of the do-rag being the train and it just shows how smart Simone is as a queen and uh, it makes me look forward to seeing more of what she offers this season. Lala Ree came out in a snakeskin inspired, uh, looked almost like an overcoat that had a long train with matching face mask, uh, matching headpiece uh, or head wrap. Everything about this was awesome. Uh, it's very, very pretty. A little plain compared to the other girls, but still she looked amazing. And Lala Ree's makeup is on point. So Utica came out in an outfit that I immediately clocked and I'm glad that she referenced it for people who weren't aware of this in a Carol Burnett show inspired outfit, uh, wearing a set of drapes as a dress for Antebellum South, uh, Gone with the Wind sketch. Uh, Utica, this was great. I feel like this spoke to something Rue would have really, really enjoyed when she saw it coming out because of Rue's age. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just just really, really great. I think Bob Mackie so. designed the original joke one, didn't he? Yes. Yes, because Bob Mackie did all of the costumes for the Carol Burnett show. So, yeah. So we have another Bob Mackie, though. Well, this isn't a Bob Mackie original. This is definitely Bob Mackie inspired. I feel like the one on the Carol Burnett show had dark green yeah. velvet dress. Yeah. So, but still, I got the reference right away. I think queens of a certain age got the reference right, right away. And those of you who are younger, look up the Carol Burnett show went with the wind. I think that's the name of the skit. And that is, it was, it had this moment on the Carol Burnett show had, I think it was the world record for the longest continuous laugh on a television show for a long time. The first time that she came out wearing wearing this particular outfit. Well, don't you think the hold on for a second? Don't you think you all have to be familiar with what it's making fun of? With in Gone with the Wind, there's a moment where Scarlett O'Hara doesn't have a nice clothes for something, right? She has to, she so she uses the drapes and she uses the, uh-huh. the fabric from the drapes to to make a nice dress, right? Right. And so then they're right. making fun of that on the episode. So, and then and the, the joke in the Carol Burnett show is when Rhett Butler says to her, I love your dress. And she says, thank you. I saw it in the window and I just had to have it. So that's, Stupid I love shit. the Carol Burnett show. Yeah. Carol Burnett show is awesome. Okay. So next up is Rosé. Rosé coming out in an 80s blue, uh, like sort of tuxedo uh, outfit with tool attached to the back with a white faux hawk as well. 
Um, it was okay. I definitely like anything that's 80s, but I agree with what Michelle said as far as it looks sort of like a tuxedo that she glued tool onto the back of it. Um, that being said, Rose has released on Instagram some a photo shoot she has done with this on top of, I believe, the Empire State Building, and she does some really cool pictures in that. So next up is Gottmik, who came out uh, wrapped in like pink and blue drapes and had a had a like a leaf blower, a bedazzled leaf blower to kind of blow the drape around. This was my least favorite of all of the looks. I oh, thought really? it just sort of looked sloppy. Mm-hmm. It just it wasn't necessarily my favorite. Uh, Tina Burner came out in a train inspired train outfit in a light blue and red with red hair and a little conductor's cap. And the back of the train, um, on the back of her dress looked like a, looked like train tracks. Uh, clever. I definitely, I, I liked it. There was something about it though that I feel like it didn't necessarily accentuate all the best parts of her. Not that there's a lot. Um, it looked bulky to me, but whatever. Um, Joey J came out in an S&M inspired outfit where her train was a pierced tongue. Um, as much as I like Joey J and apparently now I like her penis as well. I was not a fan of this look either. It looked very bulky and heavy to me, uh, though. I did like the idea of the tongue. It was sort of inspired, but it looked, it had a little bit of a crafty look to it. So, um, next up is Candy Muse. Candy came out in a red velvet mess, um, that looked like it was just sort of glued together with undergarments appearing on the sides. Um, and I was not a fan of the hair or the makeup and it just looked sloppy to me. So not my favorite. Finally was Tamisha Iman who came out in a similar outfit to Joey J, but it was a hot pink that was put together. Um, look, she looked beautiful. She had a large flower, um, ornament in her hair and just looked incredible. This felt very old school drag to me, um, in all the best ways. Uh, just very, very pretty. So, and those are the looks for everybody. Someone wanted me to talk about Candy Muse's outfit. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't, I mean, maybe, I don't notice these things. I'm going to look at it again. I don't remember hating it that much. Oh, wait, now that I see the side there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but look, I'm a fat pig. <laughs> and, uh, it's hard to look good at when you're a fat pig. No, that's not true. I, I, I disagree with that. There, there are, if you think that you are as amazing as you are, there are things that you can wear that accentuate the best parts and hide a myriad of sins. There, there are things that she could have worn that I think would have, where we could have just as easily turned around and I could have said, she looks beautiful. I'm sure at some point she will wear something that I will say she looked amazing in. I feel like there were, you know, you, you look at another plus size girl. The first one that comes to mind is Darian Lake. Darian had some outfits that were beautiful that I really, really liked that hid parts of her that necessarily don't aren't the best looks. She also wore outfits that were not great for Darian's size. I I I respectfully disagree with that. This outfit was a mess. Thank you. What are we gonna do next week, by the way, when there's like thirty six or thirty nine looks? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the looks. <laughs> I can't wait for the ball episode. I might need to get like I'll be here. 
But I might need to get like a substitute host who likes to talk to you while I sit here and play, uh, <laughs> you know, a video Animal game Crossing. on my phone or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> Animal Crossing. I do, you know, I do my rival show <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> That's when I'll do my episode of, uh, of, uh, The Weekend Geek or something like that. Right. Uh, I don't know what to think or something. No. Um, I love that in the Discord, let's get this roast a cooking wrote, I love the balls, unironically. <laughs> I, I enjoy the balls too. Mm hmm. And I like next week's episode. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Anyway, th those are the looks. The looks. All righty. Uh, okay. Now we go right into the maxi challenge uh, presentation where they showed um, each of them. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to give you my thoughts right now very easily. Team Misery Loves Company. Wait, which which is the is is, is, is which is the April Fool's Russian? Is that the one with? Um, April Fool's Russian is the one with uh, Gottmik, where Gottmik looks like when uh, yeah. Acid Betty did Nancy Grace. <laughs> okay, that's the that's the only one that's halfway decent. The other two are horrible. Okay, they're no. Awful. Yes. Well, okay, okay, yes. All right, okay. But now, by the way, okay. By the way, hold on for a second. Hold, please hold. For those of you who are ready, like. Freaking out. Seventy percent of the blame is on the writing of these sketches. They're horrible. And World Absolutely. of Wonder, yeah. The, and I got some inside tea. I don't know if you know this. In, in the off season, I got some inside tea that a lot of the staff at World of Wonder agree that it's awful. But there's one guy who's in charge of writing these things. I don't remember his name, right? And he's mm -hmm. some old queen, and he thinks they're fucking hilarious, you know? And he's a big uppity-up at this show. And so he writes them. He thinks they're fucking hilarious. Like Charles. <laughs> yeah. And maybe RuPaul thinks they're funny, too. They're awful. They're awful, 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 awful. And he thinks they're super funny, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. You know what this reminds Saturday Night Live has the same problem. And there's, that one, there's one guy, I can't remember his name... Who he's in charge of all the political sketches, mm -hmm. and that's his baby, and no one else can write them. And he's been doing it for forty years. Like he's literally like one of the original writers or something. Like that. He's been there for like thirty years or something. And it's his thing, his baby. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing here. So it's until this old queen dies, or I don't know what happens, or goes to Palm Springs and retires, uh, they're just going to be these awful, awful, awful star booty type sketches. So so. I'm not blaming the queens on this. Most of them, most of it is uh, this this writer guy. Okay. Um, but but the only one that I thought was good was April Fool's Rush In. Was actually the, even the concept is kind of funny because that one's actually a real sort of funny take on these Hallmark movies in that it's like it's April Fool's Day and the, 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 they own a prank shop. Which I was like, <laughs> that's kind of funny because a lot of these April Fool's movies are like that. But go ahead, Taylor. What were you going to say? Uh, I, I think that there were, there were pluses and minuses in every one. Yeah. Um, I mean, Simone just kind of blew everybody out of the park yeah. with how funny she was and the use of the word factory mm -hmm. and, and some of the things that the little nuances that she gave to a, a, a very generic character to make her somebody that you, you, you enjoyed watching. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, as much as they tried to make it look like 
Tamisha was going to bomb. I mean, mm-hmm. Tamisha was the, one of the funniest parts of the of the sketch. There's a way to bomb she, and do it well. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, and I think we've seen that before with uh, Vanjie. Mm-hmm. I feel Vanjie had a couple of, of skits that she did where she was not very good, particularly the one, the, you know, get out girl, uh, where she was, you know, hello, 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 where she was. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, I'm not a cool dad. I'm not a normal dad. I'm a cool dad. Yeah, isn't that the one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. I feel like there there's moments like that, and this was definitely, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm just really loving Tamisha. I think Tamisha is just, I, I, I want to see her do really well, and I hope that she does really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but, but so apart from that and the other sketches, so some of the queens were weaker than others, you know, um, I don't think it's, it's worth harping on. I have it in my notes. I could go look, you know, but it was like, if you're either an actor, you're not, you're an actor, you're not an actress. Like for instance, uh, and how do you really prep for that is another question because next week we're going to see, you know, you're, you're, you're heaping a lot of praise on Simone this week. But next week, as it's been teased, she's going to say, I don't know how to sew. Yeah. And you're like, well, bitch, what, this, we're in season 13. Yeah. And you're friends with Gigi Good. How are you not knowing you have to sew? Get some lessons from Gigi oh. Good. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, but that, but that, I, I, I almost think that needs to be, on the one hand, I get where I feel like that needs to be a requirement for the show. To know how to sew, but on the other hand, I get why they they have girls on the show that don't know how to sew because then it makes for drama. Well, not only that is it is it is a I never I don't know how to sew, but I imagine it's a skill that you have to spend a lot of time on and learn, and it's a skill that like you just deal with it because it's like, am I going to take the time it takes to learn how to sew? For you know, let's be honest, the show hasn't been as sewy. As it has been in earlier years. So, like, there's maybe one challenge where you have to sew now. I mean, it's not often you have to sew on that show anymore. So, and also it could be she's setting expectations where she does know a little bit about sewing. And then she wows us on the runway tomorrow. And next week. Yeah, we'll I mean, that could, that could be it, too. I mean, because, again, they show a picture of RuPaul looking upset when she said that in the in the trailer for next mm-hmm. week's show. Mm-hmm. Whereas that, that clearly could be attached to something else that somebody else says. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the bait and switch. Okay, uh, let's see here. So, I mean, I don't really have much to say about the, the final products. I mean, it's mostly about selling these. Um, it's it's weird. There were some people who were really good. I want to say the standouts. The standouts were Rosé was very good. Um, Tina Burner was good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, look, she she did the job. She did it over the drag. Like, the ones who said they could act were good. Denali was horrible. Yeah. This, yes. um, Kamora was horrible. You know, uh, who else is horrible? I have it right here. I'm not, you're making me pull up my notes. Gottmik. I thought Gottmik was horrible. Oh, really? I think people liked Gottmik yeah. a lot. Cause they, thought, they, they, they saw a lot of her pulling some, um, um, what is the name? Uh, what's her name from Adam's Family Values? They were. Oh, Joan Cusack? Yeah. They saw a lot of Joan Cusack in her. In fact, doesn't even Ross say that? Yeah, no, Ross said that on the show. Um, uh, okay. I, I, Denali awful, Elliot awful, Kamora awful, the writing is awful, Lala <laughs> Ree awful, Utica yeah. awful. Oh no, they weren't good. They Simone weren't, and, I mean, you know, 
Simona it's a flower. No, Simone is like a flower in a pile of shit. I mean, yeah. it's 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 just where the rest of it, everything around her was not. They're not good. But like I said, though, the scripts are horrible. I don't yeah. totally blame them. You can only work with so much with what you got. Yeah, exactly. They're horrible. They're horrible scripts. Anyway. Uh, all right. And on the main stage, RuPaul, Kristen, Elliot, Olivia, Utica, Joey, Gottmik, Tina, and Tamisha as safe. The top queens of the week are Rosé, Candy, Simone, and La La Ree, leaving Denali and Kamora Hall in the bottom two to lip sync for their lives. The song, 100% Pure Love by Crystal Waters. After all was said oh. and done, Denali lived to see another day while Kamora was asked to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? 100% pure love is gay Twinkie Taylor at his prime mm-hmm. at tracks in Tampa, walking around, dancing to that song. I loved that song. That song came out right around the time that I came out, which is terrifying because that song's almost 30 years old. Mm-hmm. So that in itself is very like, <sighs> but um, it, it was, it, it, I thought the lip sync was incredible it was clear from the beginning who was gonna win mm-hmm. you know there, i mean just you know kamora having to wear a dress like that to a song that is all about just dancing and moving and she was so restricted in that there was no way mm-hmm. she was going to be able to do anything yeah. um and you know i mean even to the point of where they didn't even do the dramatic music the song stopped and <laughs> rupaul was immediately like you know th- that was fun clearly you stay kind of yeah thing. um and i mean you could tell at ed- the end in fairness, that could be an editing thing, and they were short on time. But go ahead. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they, th- there was there was not going to be any sort of drama to that. No. Um, uh, you know, hopefully. Okay, so here's the thing. Clearly, I have a theory. Yeah, not clearly, I have a theory, but I have a theory mm-hmm. that they're bringing girls back at some point, and I think that they're going to bring girls back for the makeover challenge. Mm-hmm. That's what makes sense to me. Because last week during the confessionals, this whole time they've been showing Kamora without eyebrows. One of the confessionals, she had eyebrows where her eyebrows had started to grow back, which means that she's still, she's still doing interviews at some point. And I figured they'll bring her back for an interview where she is, she's part of a makeover because I can't imagine her being strong enough to where they would bring her back to continue doing things. So that is that is my theory that that's what's going to happen. Okay, very good. Um, I have a question for you. Someone brought this up. I don't know if it was on Reddit or if it was on Discord. I don't know. I don't know things anymore, Taylor. Mm-hmm. But taking a look, you know, we just saw Kamora Hall go away. She left. She's left the building, right? Yeah. And but what based on let's go last week with what you saw with how she was doing her makeup and she wasn't ready in time and blah 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 and just a lot of what you're seeing if you take her in total and um we all know you're the author of the award winning book Tap 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 um a study in <laughs> obsessive compulsive disorder by Taylor Lelante <laughs> Boy DDS and do you see obsessive compulsive tendency tendencies in Kamora Hall? No. How so? Well, just how she was with the man. She has to have a certain process, and, it, and she couldn't even shorten it for the runway that week, even though she seemed fine this week, but that she had trouble. Well, okay. And I saw a – I saw um, on Instagram that that was some shady editing, 
because when they show her running around in a panic where it looked like everybody else was gone, she had on the dark lips that she wore for the night look versus the day look. Interesting. So I don't know that that was quite as much as we talked about that. There's no way they're leaving one girl behind to walk Mm. across a studio by herself and all that kind of thing. That seems like that was some editing on her part. That might just be where she just doesn't, I don't know that it's OCD versus time management skills, or maybe she assumed that they give them Mm -hmm. much longer than they actually, than, you know, than they actually need. And she maybe thought, okay, well, it normally takes me five hours, but I could probably do it in maybe two and a half. And then they said, you got an hour. Mm -hmm. That I think that could have set anybody into a a sense of panic. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't see OCD with her. I know we touched on this earlier too. Don't you think much, if she's going to pay for it later, but Denali essentially went too hard on this lip sync. Uh, like, I appreciate it was a good lip sync, but she went so hard that it was, and we talked about it, I, she may have used up all the tricks in her bag. And I know we've talked yeah. about this, but like, I yeah, no, I think, I think that she did. Um, and, but there was still something where she gave us an amazing, I mean, that will, that will go down in, for, in the ages. Oh, you think of so? One of the best lip- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, just as fun as it was and the energy. And there was, a control to it. Plus, that is the type of song that you just go balls out for. Mm-hmm. You know, 100% Pure Love is just one of those that you do that for. So I can appreciate that. Um, You know, when you compare that to, you know, the one who kind of went crazy and went nuts last year was when Jan lip synced mm-hmm. to the uh, Shaka Khan song and was doing like weird backflips and doing all these. Like there was it was there was no control to that. This was I'm going to throw everything I have at it. And there's nothing. There's no order to it. There's no like, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas this it felt more like there was a sense of control. But yes, if she used all of the tools she's already has in her mm-hmm. book, mm-hmm. the next time she has to lip sync. Hopefully it's just something where she she can come up with a different way to interpret the song or something yeah. to where you know you know maybe she'll get a you make me feel like a natural woman kind of thing like mm-hmm. like Latrice had the one year and you know when you compare that to Kenya Michaels flipping around and everything mm-hmm. um, hopefully we'll see something different of Denali oh. I I was here for the lip sync I completely loved it um, but I also thought you know. There's not that many other things you could do to your body at this point that would, you know, keep you here for a second lip sync. And when she says in Untucked, I'm just going to th- I I have I have a, I'm just going to throw every trick I have. To but make why sure that was I she stay thinking here. that? Because she knew she was going up against Kamora, who has the personality of Lint, you know, like. But, I, but at that point, I think that they were, you know, th- that's 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 running on emotion. That's not that's not thinking at that point. That yeah. That's just sort of like, you know. I I feel like the, I feel like whatever it is that I'm cooking isn't coming out the way I wanted to. So I start panicking and throwing a bunch of different spices in and maybe things don't necessarily work that way they're supposed to. And this worked for her, but I have a feeling in the future it may not work as, may not work as well. Now, I've seen in previous seasons that girls who think they're going to lip sync change outfits or, or fuss with their outfits so they can, so they don't have the problem that Kamora had. Because in the in the in the confessional during the lifting, Kamara's like, "Well, I was wearing this outfit." I'm like, "You could have changed the outfit." 
I don't think they do in I, they do in All Stars. Oh. I don't know if they change during during a regular season. Interesting. Okay. All right. You yeah. could be right. You could be right. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of RuPaul. Did I miss anything? Are you done? No, that's it. That's it. Uh, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as Taylor the Latte Boy and I discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. For more drag race and LGBTQ content, support us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Tanner the Latte Boy on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.